coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We are a weekly podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday afternoon, which you can listen to whenever you feel like it, because it's a podcast, and hopefully you'll subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. Our guests today are from Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar. Joining us are Executive Chef Joshua Breen, sommelier and General Manager Renee Hernandez, and Social Media Manager and Server Extraordinaire Allison Harris. We'll learn about Josh's early influences in Boston, getting his start with Chef Victor Peone, and Renee fails at trying not to say malolactic fermentation more than once. After that, we'll play our music segment, open our lunchbox, share our tip of the week, and have a gluten-free wrap-up. All of that is coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So grab a snack, pour a drink, and relax while we serve up the show. Here in beautiful St. Petersburg, we have so many great restaurants to choose from. I was just thinking about where to take Kevin for his birthday, and I decided on Anata. They make everyday visits special, so I'm confident his birthday dinner will be outstanding. The service, selection, and attention to detail are what stand out the most about Anata and what really weighed into my decision. But make no mistake, Anata is a local's favorite for every day and need not be reserved for that special occasion. So if you haven't been lately, I encourage you to do so for their unparalleled wine selection, cheese and charcuterie, and creative and scrumptious flatbreads, pastas, entrees, and specials. So I will say it again, you really must go to Anata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They open every day at 4 p.m. Go to Anata. Before we go into our planned interview on Anata, we have some exciting news that came up. They are going to have a new restaurant. We've already published a, a preview of that on stpetersburgfoodies.com, but th- that was a little while ago, and we have some new information. So we have the executive chef of both Anata and Altomare, Joshua Breen, and Allison Harris. Hello, hello. Hello, good morning. And thank you for listening to the, uh, a previous podcast where we had where Stillwater's Tavern came, you know, Jeffrey and Sarah Ellen. And they brought champagne. And jokingly, I said, we should make that a requirement going forward. And you guys took it serious, so I'm glad. So. But he said he, they didn't even listen to that before they brought it. Oh, right. That's so, true. Before, before you had the idea. So yes. it was actually your original idea. Correct. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we can make clinking noises and stuff. Yay. <laughs> and at the end of the show, if anybody ever gets that far... When we go out, we 
pop open a bottle of champagne and pour it. And that's real. It's not a sound effect. Drink a bottle of champagne after every, every show. It should be celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Alto Mare is going to be a seafood restaurant right next to Anada. Correct. Right on Beach Drive. Nice. I'm very excited about this. And that's all we need to know. Okay. On to the Anada interview. That's it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Global coastal cuisine from around the world, obviously. You've been working on it a lot lately. You've been posting a lot of photos on Facebook and you're like, wine, round 1,257. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been having a lot of wine tastings. It's, uh, I think, day 10 coming up. So it's 60 wines so each night. do you do something similar with the food? Not yet, eventually. Not yet. I've been playing yeah. around with my, the food off to the side, but now do the wine in front of the house and then we go right to the back of the house. Right, right. so we're getting close. So it's, it's uh, early December and you're thinking maybe early... January. January. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hopefully, you know, right after the holidays, give it nice. a... Something new for the new year. Yeah. Welcome yep. to St. Pete. Happy New Year. <laughs> exactly. So the theme on the food, obviously seafood, but that's pretty broad term. Yes. It's uh, Can you- 90% seafood. We're going to have seafood towers, lobster tails, lobster roll, traditional lobster roll, but what's traditional nowadays? Exactly. Um, I'm from New England, so I have to do it. It's a staple. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the clam chowder. I'll obviously have to make. Um, I don't think Kurt will not let me make not right. make that. Right. And you just had the proper pronunciation for it too. Yeah, the clam chowda. 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 <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, <laughs> that makes it more authentic. Yes, yes. Made by a Bostonian is a little bit better. Tastes better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We're gonna have fish bread. We're gonna make it in house. Pretty much everything is gonna be made in house. I'm gonna have a lot of crudo ceviches, carpaccios. Daily catches. The menu is going to change, I would say, with the catch of the day, you could say, mm-hmm. the, when the boat comes in. Right. Uh, so there's going to be some local seafood, fresh yes. seafood, and there's also going to be some flown, flown in. in. All over the, from all and, over the place. And Kurt was telling us that you guys even arranged to do your own pickup at the airport so it's even that much more fresh. Yes. Yes. Uh, we have some stuff coming from Seattle, some stuff from New England. Coming down uh, by plan overnight, and then I got to go. Hence global coastal cuisine. Yes, and then uh, we got some stuff from uh, Italy as well, getting flown in, and um, some Japanese fish as well. So I'm not quite sure anyone does that. No, and the the whole airport thing is, I better get a a speed pass or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the one that has to go pick it up? Of course. I wake (laughs) up, that's that's my day. (laughs) Wow. I got to pick it out. I got to make sure it's the right quality or I'm not going to accept it. So. I thought you just stood around cooking and looking pretty all day. Well, I, I thank you on the pretty part, but uh, <laughs> I, I wish I did that. <laughs> 100% all day in the kitchen. I'm always there, even on my days off. So, What should your customers expect when they walk in the door at Altamare? To be blown away. Nothing but the best. We try to do everything. That's why it's taken a little bit longer. We're very detailed. And we're just trying to make sure all the details are worked out before we do the opening. We do not want to do the, I'll give them a, a week or two or two months. Right. We're not like that. We you know, 100% all the way and we work it out before we open. Nice. So is everything pretty much in place at this point as far as like the furnishings and the interior? Yeah, all furnishings are in. We just put the tables up a couple of days ago. Refrigeration's all in. Um, hood system's in. Murals being worked on still, uh, plating, waiting on the plates, mm-hmm. and then uh, just testing and 
fin- hopefully finishing this wine. <laughs> I think we still have like 100 more bottles of wine. So. Um, I'm always up for it. it. Maybe you'll get the, the next call <laughs> the next day. I need, I need to replace it. My liver's killing me. <laughs> yeah, we're on call for volunteering. <laughs> have you been helping with that shoe, Allison? Occasionally. <laughs> nice. So that all sounds pretty exciting and appetizing. We can't wait. And just to clarify right now, we're still, it's still in the works. We don't have a specific exact date. So you can't hold us to it, but we're shooting, you're shooting for, you said, early January, maybe mid-January? I'm hoping the earlier the better, but um, mid the latest. Okay. Okay. We we can't wait. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be one of the first people to know. We're going to have our, our faces are going to be pressed against the window, you know. (laughs) I'm sure you'll know before me. (laughs) And and, and what are the days and hours? uh, The hours will be the same as an hour four to 11 during, no, 4 to 10, Monday through Thursday, Friday. No, 4 she, to 11. She knows better. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. <laughs> so our hours, Sunday through Thursday, 4 to 11, Friday, Saturday, 4. Sorry, that was wrong. It's 4 to <laughs> 10. Start again. Thank yeah. you. You know, I don't work there. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday through Thursday, 4 to 10. Saturday, Friday, that was backwards. Mm. I'm not drinking anymore. No bubbles. No bubbles for anyone. All right, start it over. Start over. Our hours are as followed. Sunday through Thursday, 4 to 10. Friday, Saturday, 4 to 11. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Our guests today from Anata Wine Bar are Chef Joshua Breen, sommelier and GM Renee Hernandez, and social media manager and server extraordinaire Allison Harris. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello, hello. Good morning. Thanks for coming over. Thank you for having us. Gangsters, what's up, guys? We love Anata. Recently have uh, rediscovered Anata, especially for the entrees. So, Chef, how do you come up with some of your inspiration? That's a tough one. I just try to reinvent other dishes that I've done before or have seen or new experiments that I'm, you know, working on, especially being down in Florida. It's a different atmosphere. I'm used to, you know, New England weather and, you know, four seasons. So, When did you come down to Florida? Three and a half years ago. I moved down here. Mm-hmm. From exactly? From Boston. Boston. Uh, yeah, I'm from North End, uh, Boston, Medford as well. Mm-hmm. So, what, what was the uh, impetus for coming down? Family moved down here, so I moved closer to my, uh, my parents. My parents live in Ocala. So. Okay. And you didn't go to Anata immediately, but you ended up there pretty soon after you got here. Correct? Yes. I uh, helped open up another restaurant and then moved on to Mazzaro's, and then I met Kurt, and you know mm-hmm. that started the, the beginning for me for Anata. Right. Yeah. Bad on us for uh, taking so long to find out that your entrees are amazing. Because yes. everybody, you know, immediately thinks of wine and cheese and charcuterie, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's awesome as yes. well. Especially, and I think most people know that Anata is the same ownership as Mazzaro's. Mm-hmm. So, great source already for wine and cheese and charcuterie. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, we went and tried some entrees. We're like, wow, we have to go back. Again and, back. and again, again and again and again. <laughs> and Allison, how long have you been... With Anata? I think it's close to three years. Okay. So almost as long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I started just shortly before Joshua. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. And you're a Florida native, right? I am. St. Petersburg. St. Pete native. I am. One awesome. of the three that you'll ever meet. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. so you, you've seen a lot of changes tons yeah the evolution yeah. And, and it just continues it's wonderful it's very pleasing yes it's getting a little crowded though a little but it's all right <laughs> it's worth it so not only uh do you make amazing food but we see amazing photos of it on facebook that's that's you get me every time i'm like ah oh, damn it i gotta go to anana again <laughs> is allison responsible for that uh, yes <laughs> I know because you're constantly arranging my food at the table when I'm taking pictures I do and oh, yeah. I'm not solely responsible I, I didn't start it by all means right. uh, chef started posting photos first mm-hmm. right. and then there was a need for someone to take over the job so that was when I sort of was a uh, you know I don't know inspired sort of and yeah. I've done it before for other restaurants and I, I enjoy it mm-hmm. a lot right. uh, and I've always been a photographer so and when we're having dinner and taking our photos you're, you're looking over my shoulder to make sure i do it right i am thank you for that you're welcome <laughs> it's my pleasure shows that to me as well so. well they're you know i take pride in it they're not all perfect nothing's perfect absolutely but, not right you know and i like creating art out of art mm-hmm. there's something to be said about that yeah totally so i want to go back to the first question because that was a really good one are you just like sitting around and, and something it just pops in your head i'm going to take this fish and mix it with this stuff Honestly, that's what it, how it goes with me. Just pops in your head. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, just try to get creative. I try to, you know, everybody eats with their eye first, and that's how I get do the pictures. They do. totally, yeah. But it also has to taste just as amazing. I'm, I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, you know, it, things pop in my head, and I try to work around, you know, the tastes of what I'm thinking about. And I should know this, but I don't. So I get another question in. What's the brightly colored stuff that really? I do a couple of different things. I do a carrot puree, which is I get to be, uh, I roast it, get it to all the natural co- uh, color and sugars out, and then I blend it smooth and strain it, and it gets bright orange. I do a beet tzatziki, which is all roasted beets. Mm-hmm. Also do a pr- purple uh, Peruvian potato, sweet potato coloring as well. I'm thinking of the it's it's a it's a thin solid piece with like oddly shaped edges and maybe some holes. Oh, the coral. That's it. Yes. I do uh, like a beet juice and a certain blend, and then I uh, pan fry it, and the oil pops with the water, that mixture, and it creates that coral effect. Did now, you just come up with us by yourself? No. I okay. wish I did. I wish I could take credit for that <laughs> one. But, uh, <laughs> I've, you know, I've traveled a lot and mm-hmm. see a lot of different dishes by you know, Instagram or whatever, and mm-hmm. you, know, you get inspired by others, so that's what I try to do. Where did you go to culinary school? Johnson, Wales, in Pro- uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Nice. Yeah. That's a beautiful area. I love Providence, especially now. It's uh, you know, a lot better than it was when I was going to college. So. Right. <laughs> so, do you have a particular chef that in, that was your inspiration Ooh. going into? It's more family that inspired me, and then I have my mentors. You know, my culinary arts teachers in high school, uh, Chef Drop, Ned Camoriati. And then I had a chef, uh, Marissa Ioko and Victor Peone, which, you know, helped me pave my way uh, in the culinary, culinary field of Boston, you can say. Mm-hmm. And then I just try to reinvent myself. You know, you, you always have to stay get edgy. better, you know, stay educated and learn. And Anata is a intimate, cozy place. And so is the kitchen. It's, yes. It's kind of small, right? Yes, it's probably the smallest kitchen I've ever it's worked like, in. <laughs> it's like you... you you turn around and you're boom, into the wall. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I could pretty much reach one side yeah. to one side, especially with my wingspan. So it's, it's like, uh, look, I'm a giant. Right, yeah. no, it's, it's not, like, it's not like you're tiny. No, not at all. So it's, uh, I, gotta, I could touch everything, so it makes it easier for me instead of having a big kitchen running back and forth. But it's definitely a, a task. 
Yeah, so that makes uh, what comes out of the kitchen even more amazing that yeah. you do it in that such a tight space. Appreciate that. Thank so you. Whenever we've been there, I've always felt like, um, and it just seems that way from the way you all interact, and, and not as very much a family. Oh, yeah. Totally. Very much so. Yeah. Through and through. Yeah. And yeah. is that like come from Kurt and Mary? Like they inspired that in you? And I actually, <laughs> this is funny, I worked for them many years ago. I worked in uh, the office and did catering for them. Oh, uh, let's see, nine, ten years ago. So I already had a bit of a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if that's just from them or just all of us because I feel like we're all f- very family oriented mm-hmm. and we care a lot. You know. Well, you can feel it. Like, thank every you. Every guest can feel that when you're there. It's it's. That's why. I, that's why I, th- I believe we're all in this business mm-hmm. because we love that aspect of it. Right. So, and you take good care of your guests. Thank you. Welcome. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back. When you think of engine number nine, what do you typically think of, Kevin? Amazing burgers. Yes, very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently? Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished it. I know. The roux is just so flavorful and delicious. Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome. And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town, and I am talking pickle spears. Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal. Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out engine number nine for your favorite burger and so much more. Yes, you will love engine number nine. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later. Engine, engine number nine, going down the railroad line. We are back with an Ottawa wine bar with Joshua Breen, the chef, and we have Renee Hernandez joining us now, the sommelier and general manager. Welcome, Welcome Renee. Renee. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So, being a sommelier, you're kind of like a black belt of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a superhero, yeah. saving the world from bad wine. Yeah, no. We got to get yes. you a cape. Yes, oh, well, oh. a cape. Oh, oh, oh right. You'd wear you, it. You'd probably do it for real. Yeah. <laughs> no, no capes. No capes. The Incredibles don't. No capes. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's well. I think it's harder to get your sommelier than your black belt. Probably. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a process. It's just learning. I mean, you learn. Sommelier is, is really someone who's to help other people guide them into a wine or beverage that is going to work for them. Something. Or maybe they haven't tried before a different right. style. or Right. So you, you're basically guiding people into something. And, and, and I try and get someone out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So if you're just a normal, you know, I'm a California Chardonnay drinker, we try and, you know, find either another Chardonnay from France, something that's going to taste quite different see, or pick another varietal entirely see that's something you would do me being a non sommelier and they only drank california chardonnay i would just smack them in the head you can't quite do uh, that with the guests honey oh. no can't do that with the guests but um <laughs> it, i particularly you know chardonnay is not my favorite varietal it, it definitely and california isn't my favorite place to drink chardonnay from mm-hmm. but you know, it's a certain style. Right. They're oaky, buttery. They use, you know, they use oak barrels. They malolactic ferment, fermentation once, twice, and you get this pressed, oaky, buttery, you know, 
heavier Visco- heavier viscosity it's just a, a bigger style of wine where you know if you go to burgundy where uh chardonnay is from france those tend to be lighter they use stainless steel they'll they're use unoaked concrete. right correct and even and even the ones that are oaked they just don't malolactic fermentation over and over they they use they stir on the leaves they do different things to bring out the expression of the fruit and mm-hmm. it tends to be lighter brighter just the grape itself is is more expressive and it's it's very different so i mean it, trying to get people to try different things different just having the same grape chardonnay mm-hmm. from three different places in the world you can see how things are done differently i would trust you i don't like chardonnay but i would trust you to find me one that wasn't unoaked and heavy right right <laughs> it wasn't that's, oaked um, that's the thing i mean if it's trying to get i like to get people out of their little comfort zone mm-hmm. this is what i drink i drink it all the time i've been drinking it for 20 years Okay, you need to try something else. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot! There's a ton of wine out there, and a lot of things will work, you know, whether you're just drinking it or having it with food. And so take a few things into consideration when you talk to someone at a table and, and try and mm-hmm. find out where you can take them. And now, have you been with Anata since the beginning? Uh, not from the beginning. They opened in August of 14, mm-hmm. and I came in January of 15. So very close. Yes. And then that has uh, really evolved and changed since they first opened, because I remember we went several times when Anata first opened, and it was more like tapas and small plates. and Correct. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that we had to make a conscious effort to try and change, because a lot of people felt that it wasn't a place where you could have dinner. It was just like a starting point or a finishing point. You know, it was cheese and charcuterie and small plates. So we made a conscious effort to get away from the small plate and tapas concept Mm -hmm. and let them know that we do have entrees that you can sit and have a full dinner and um, portion sizes was a concern you know people this is a small plate is just this misnomer so we've it's like a snack instead of a meal correct at least that's how people thought of it exactly exactly so and we were not a wine bar so we made we changed our name to not a restaurant and wine bar we've taken the word small plates off of as many places as we had it so just so we can let people know that, hey, it's a full-service place where you can sit down and have a, have a meal mm-hmm. and uh, get full-size portions. You know, because a lot of people come in, uh, I can't eat, you know, there's no real entrees. So Right. So. Well, yeah, because you are so well-known for cheese and charcuterie. I mean, everyone thinks of Anata when they think of cheese and charcuterie. It just, right. it is, because they're beautiful. It's the best presentation in town by far. Okay, thank you. Getting people out of that thought process of, we're going to go to Anata and we're just going to have cheese and charcuterie. Right. Cause we don't even order it anymore. Poor Allison. She gets so downtrodden. Well, <laughs> You're not going to have cheese and charcuterie? <laughs> well, we went, uh, the last time we went with, with our friend Nick, he's of that mindset. I'm going to go to Anada. I'm having cheese no, and charcuterie. No, but he orders other things, one. too. But we had to twist his arm a little bit. No, there was one time we went with him, and we had been seeing all week Joshua's amazing food on Facebook. And I'm like, I want that. I want that. I want <laughs> that. Awesome. We're going to Anada with Nick. And then Nick's like, since he's... Sometimes Nick likes to order a lot of wine, so he says, okay, I'm going to pay for the wine. Then we're like, okay, if he's paying for the wine, we should let him order whatever he wants for the food. And we're like, we didn't get any entrees. We're going back, <laughs> <laughs> we're going back tomorrow. So that's what we did. We actually went back the next day and said, now we're going to order what we want. And that's what I met Allison. And then it was like the whole rediscovery of Anata for St. Petersburg foodies. Because we're like, okay, now Joshua's posting all these entrees, and we are going there for dinner from now on. Right. <laughs> so... Are there ways that the, the psalm and the chef collaborate on some stuff? 
Yeah, we bicker back and forth all the time. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of that. I, I, that was the first time I heard, heard your Boston accent. Yeah, it was. You'll hear it a lot. That it was the first out. time. Wow. <laughs> comes out a lot. Where, but, where are you from, Renee? I'm a native Floridian. I was born in Miami, Florida. And then oh, wow. uh, my parents moved to California when I was seven. So I spent um, 20, you know, 20 something years in California. Where in California? La La Land, LA. So I was in LA for uh, quite a while. And then I went to school at UCLA and then UC Santa Cruz. I graduated UC Santa Cruz. And what brought you back to Florida? Oof, drunken stupor. I'm not sure. That was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was in mental health. I, uh, that's what I went to school for. So working in Los Angeles in a couple freestanding psych facilities. Wow. Um, there was, uh, the industry was changing. Insurance companies were taken over, and uh, where I was working, a charter hospital, Suncrest Hospital in Torrance, California. Mental health sounds like a good foundation for working in a restaurant, though. <laughs> yeah, for working anywhere. It's, uh, but uh, not a whole lot of rewards in that business, at least not uh, immediate. Right. You know, the industry changed. I, the hospital I was at, the, the uh, physicians took massive loans against their hospitals, and took the money and ran oh my so i was a little bit uh, disconcerted so i went to europe and hung out there for about nine or ten months my brother was living in italy at the time in florence so i kind of used that as a home base and mm-hmm. traveled around europe and you know got a, a, a passion for food and uh wine a little bit not crazy mm-hmm. but uh, i ended up in houston texas excuse me the great state of texas in houston <laughs> and uh Spent a couple of years there. Uh, I was living with um, my cousin, my uncle, had some family there. So um, used that, and that's where I kind of started getting into food and beverage. You said it's a good place for that. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it's a pretty serious food town. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, was, it was pretty happening. And then uh, it was um, there where I had a bottle. It was a Catherine Kennedy Cabernet Sauvignon from the Santa Cruz Mountains. I didn't know that at the time. I just remember drinking this, this wine, and I was like, what? What, what is this? Because it was just, it, it really was very different from anything else I had had. Mm-hmm. And um, right then and there, I was like, whoa, what, what, what is this wine stuff? And <laughs> unfortunately, um, it was the general manager of the hotel, Fred Cummer III, he, Adam's Mark Hotels. He uh, started me on these wines, and unfortunately, they're $100 and $200 bottles of wine. So I, <laughs> I had that tragic mistake of starting at the top. Instead of at the bottom. First class. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so then you had to learn, brutal. how can I find this in a less expensive wine? Yes, wine? yeah. And I think that's the goal of a lot of people now is, is to find wine that, you know, I don't have to spend $100 to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And everyone's getting better at making wine all over the world. They're mm-hmm. just getting better and better. Are there any uh, interesting trends currently in, in the wine world? Well, I, I think, um, you know, here in Florida, it's so beastly hot. It is. And it's year-round i mean we really truly have you know seven solid eight solid months of i always say nine yeah you know Mm. trying trying to be kind i know i know i think the white trends here i mean sauvignon blanc is 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 quickly gaining on chardonnays as the white grape of choice it's the only one i drink besides rosé that's not really white yeah yes so it's there's a a lot of different wines and what's nice is uh, there's value driven in Spain, in South America. Some of these whites are, are tremendous and, and they're inexpensive. And that's 
you know, I think a lot of people are trying to find inexpensive things that have, you know, this higher in quality and and taste. And there's just, everyone's getting better mm-hmm. at making it. So there's just, and a lot of people are producing. There's just more and more and more. Better, and more, more so. efficient so, yes. production. So and, and drives techniques. price down. So in some areas, uh, wine continues to cost a lot of money on, on the higher end. So, I mean, it's it's nice to see. We like to try and find some things that aren't that everyone has out there and, mm-hmm. and little niches, and um, so that requires a lot of tasting, lots of tasting. Darn, it's a tough job. It Somebody is, has it to is. do correct. It. We Which volunteer. We'll come help. <laughs> we try and do that as often as possible, and everyone wants to have their wine at Anata, so that's always nice. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of people come in and wanting us to try so their wines. When yeah, so when you're doing that, when you're doing when you're tasting wines for the purpose of, do we want to carry this or whatnot do you how do you do that do you just drink the wine by itself or do you pair it with something because for me personally i can open a bottle of wine that's supposed to be this great bottle of wine and i have some by itself i'm like eh, it's okay right. and then i have some cheese with it and i'm like wow this is a really good wine right it's funny I, I always thought the pairing was for the wine to make go with the food but it's really the food seems to make the wine better well in, like, in what yeah, i'm describing yeah yeah Yes, I mean, so, that's, so I'm just, that's the like, thing. I mean, so I'm a wine dummy or... No, no, no. I mean, that, you know, wine, it's, it's a personal thing. It really is. I mean, you can drink it alone, you can drink it with food, and it definitely takes on something different when you compare it with something. So how do you do it? I do both. When I'm tasting wine, I will taste straight up the wine for the wine value and what it is and what it represents. And then, you know, at that point, you're like, gee, this would work with this type of food. You know, Josh is always doing stuff in the kitchen. He'll come out, hey, try this, try this, you know, try it. And I'll taste it, taste it for the food's sake and say, wow, this is delicious. And, you know, and I'm always, geez, this would really pop if you drank this or that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so we're always throwing stuff. So I'll throw, and I'm always, when I'm tasting, I have Josh come over and taste so he can get, you know, some ideas of what, what might work, you know, on that side mm-hmm. with the, the wines that we So we it taste. does go beyond the bickering. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He does that to make me happy. <laughs> Sound like an old married couple. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's good. I mean, we try a lot of wine. And uh, some of it's good, some of it's okay. But, um, you know, there's a full spectrum. I mean, just yesterday I was tasting $170 bottles of wine, my cost, mm-hmm. what cost me $170, right. down to, you know, nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. my cost so you're tasting things and you taste them just and, and as a smile you want to taste everything you just right. want to keep and that's how you just keep finding out what's out there and, and what's going on and what it tastes like And do you ever taste them not knowing the price like mix them up yeah, like blind I, I, taste them a lot of people we do some blind tastings I, you know some of the, the, the representatives of the wines always mess with you I'm, gonna brown, <laughs> I'm brown bagging you today Renee great you know you got 10 wines they brown bag you and they're like <laughs> testing you it's like Oh, so what do you think it is? You know, so you gotta, you know, oh, this mm-hmm. is, I think it's this for me. I love watching that. Yeah. So, yeah, he can pinpoint. Uh, he's pretty accurate. <laughs> really? Just looking at it. Yeah. And yeah don't, I love it and the yeah. smell. Yeah, no. Like I said, more people are gonna come at me. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's, you know, dun, 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 it's dun, dun, what uh, you do, you know, and that's, and that's why you wine. keep tasting. <laughs> right. And, and so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things. And just really quick on this whole Somalia thing, there's, when they, test you they're testing you on 
the expression of what that wine is from the region. There's no tricks. It's not a trick. They're not trying to trick you. Oh, I got you. It's a blend from wherever. Right. You know, they're trying to get you to taste exactly what this wine is supposed to be in that current vintage. And that's what you do. You taste it. You look at color, you know, clarity, any gas, uh, you know, uh, the viscosity. Then, you you know, you smell it. <laughs> what do you smell? Mm-hmm. This is what I smell. Then you taste it. You go, okay. It tastes like it smells. It doesn't taste like it smells. And you have these different things. And then you got to, like, take an educated guess. I think it's this. And then you taste it again. And then you go, okay. My final thing is, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a Chardonnay from Burgundy. I think it's from Louis Latour. I think it's a, you know, Chablis. I think it's from, you know, mm-hmm. 2016. Wow. And, you know, and you're like... And they're like, okay. They never tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you either pass or you don't pass. They don't right. tell you where you kind of left off, but um, right. it is what it is. So, so give it a shot. outside of wine, <clears throat> what's your favorite adult beverage when you're like, you know what? I feel like I'm bombed and I don't feel like drinking wine. <laughs> oh, um, Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coke. So. I love Coca-Cola. That's my favorite <laughs> drink of all time, Coca-Cola. Well, that will so, so get, get you bombed. You're going no. for the sugar high. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh. Yeah, sugar rush. <laughs> no, um, if, if I'm... Uh, you know, if I'm not drinking wine or I'm drinking, I will drink uh, vodka. I will drink it straight up or I will drink it in a lemonade form. We're going to take a commercial right now and come right back. with, And we're going to wrap up with a lightning round with Joshua. Oh, boy. Word on the street is there's a new fish bar coming to town named Alto Mare. And we are super excited about this new space and this menu. Altomare means deep sea in Italian. It's located right next door to Anata on Beach Drive, and it's also owned by the same owners, Kurt and Mary Cuccaro of Mazzaro's. They will be featuring creations from our very own rising star in the chef world, who you may know from Anata, Joshua Breen. The interior feeling, it's elegant, light and airy, has a coastal feel, and they will be featuring specialty fish entrees from different types of seafood from all across the U.S. They will have things flown in every day, fresh. They will have a nice wine list featuring whites and bubbles with a few reds thrown in. Look for Alto Mare to debut in the month of January. For more information and pictures, please go to stpetersburgfoodies.com and read the full write-up. In case you can't tell, we can't wait for Alto Mare Fish Bar to open. Alto Mare Fish Bar will be located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. When they do open, they will be open every day at 4 p.m. We are back with the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast with Anata Wine Bar, and we're going to wrap up with Chef Joshua Breen with our lightning round. All right. Ready? There's, there's no right or wrong answer. Olive oil or butter? Olive oil. Lemon or lime? Lemon. In, regarding pickles, dill or sweet? Ooh, dill. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Regarding butter, Kerrygold or Plugra? Kerrygold. Awesome. That's what we use. Ranch or blue cheese? Chunky blue cheese. Yeah, chunky. Mm-hmm. Extra chunky. Big chunks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Big chunks. That's not a good thing to say with food, right? Honey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Joshua, Renee, and Allison, thank you for being here. Appreciate yes, it. Thank you very thank much you for having us. Thank you. This is Chris Walker.
Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, we have Leon Meitzen with us. Leon is a folk rock singer-songwriter based in Tampa Bay, Florida, with diverse influences that span folk, blues, and country, as well as alternative rock. His distinctive vocal tone, dynamic guitar playing, and a lyrical depth beyond his years deliver fresh appeal with an energetic twist to the folk Americana scene. Born in Prague in 1999 to Bosnian immigrants who moved to the U.S. when he was two years old, Leon was raised near the sandy beaches of Clearwater, Florida. His early experiments in songwriting came following the gift of his first guitar at the age of nine and were inspired by the laid-back atmosphere of his hometown paradise. After his first single, Love and Misery, was released in 2016, it went into rotation on Series XM's The Coffeehouse Channel and quickly racked up over 300,000 plays on Spotify, fueling the release of the Love and Misery EP in 2017. His first full-length album, Numb, was released in August of 2018. Before we hear the music, we have Leon in studio to answer the Fast Five Foodies questions. So, Leon... You ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? Oh, yeah. Okay. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Chipotle. Chipotle? Yeah. Like Chipotle uh, the, the, mixing Yeah. Okay. That's actually the answer to the next question. Oh, awesome. So that, what's your favorite restaurant? That would be Chipotle. Ch- Chipotle. All right. Okay. So then what's your favorite thing there? I get a nice big burrito. I get extra white rice, black beans, uh, double chicken and steak. And then I get a lot of mild salsa, hot sauce, and uh, corn, cheese, and sour cream. Nice. Yeah. Got yeah. that down. <laughs> and they have nice, generous portions and, and oh, yeah. lots of good flavors, too. Yeah. Salt or pepper? Definitely pepper. I'm on the pepper side, too. Cilantro. Love oh, it, yeah. Love it or taste like soap? I love it. Love it. Okay. Can you cook? I can cook cereal. <laughs> so, no. No. That's okay. It's not a requirement. That's why we have restaurants. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so good job on the Fast Five Foodies questions, and we did them. That's the fastest we ever did them, too. So really? We, wow. It lived up to its name for once. Awesome. Man. <laughs> so today we're going to feature your song, Heartbreak Blues. Heartbreak Blues. Yeah. Wow. If you don't mind, I want to get a little bit music geeky. Yeah. Because I think most people have no clue that I'm a former out-of-practice musician. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I still know man. some stuff, so... It sounds like the song is in the key of F, but by the really cool open string sounds, I'm guessing you have a capo on the first fret. I actually tuned my guitar down a full step. Oh, so no I, way. I got a capo on the second fret. So on the second fret. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That still works. And the progression is one, five, one, four, one, five, four, one. Uh, I think that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Trust me. I checked. <laughs> so um, the website uh, is your name with music on the end. So leonmeitzen.com, but let me spell that because it's a, not how people would think it is because you are originally from Bosnia. You yes. were born there. Uh, so, I was actually born in Prague. Prague. Um, but oh. I come from a Bosnian family. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, it's, I was read it on the website. <laughs> uh, so it's Leon, L-E-O-N, M-A-J-C-E-N, music.com. Yes. Yes. Before we play the song, anything more you want to say besides what I said? Well, for that song, when we were tracking it, little did I know that 
the studio I was recording at La La Mansion over in Tampa. They actually had Hendrix's guitar. Uh, I think it was his 67 Jazzmaster. Cool. I, yeah. I've, I've been there to that studio. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, if anybody has to record anything, like feel free to go to La La. The, the owner, Don Miggs, he was totally cool with letting me use the guitar for all the, all the electric oh, uh, no solo way. parts. Yeah, so, so Hendrix's guitar oh, is on no that way. album. That is awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I still can't really fathom that. <laughs> that's, that's, great. that's awesome. That's great trivia. Yeah. All right. Here we go with uh, Heartbreak Blues. Thank you, Leon. Thank you. Oh 
Once again, that was Leon Meitzen with Heartbreak Blues off his latest album titled Numb. It can be found for download on all music platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. Just like last week, I was feeling like tacos for lunch again, of course, because I love tacos. Go figure. (laughs) And Red Mesa Cantina is one of my all-time favorites. I've been going there for around 10 years. Doesn't hurt that you live, like, right next door. True. So they have, uh, there's a whole taco section, and there is another taco item that gets missed all the time because it's not in the taco section. They have an entree size shredded beef taco plate, which has two large tacos. It's a homemade crispy shell with a lettuce, pico de gallo, jack cheese, served with salsa and gallo pinto. That one is a more typical comfort food, street food type of taco. And that's in the section titled Platos Principales, which is basically like main plates, main items. Look for that one. I think a lot of people miss it. But then in the main taco sections, that's one of my favorites when I want like that comfort food, what I had when I was a kid, Mexican beef taco. If you're looking for something a little more fancy and it's more prominent, it's on the first page and it just says tacos. There's a whole bunch of them. These are uh, smaller single tacos. They're smaller in appearance, but they will fool you and fill you up. I used to get three and be stuffed, but these days two actually fill me up. So they have a small, soft corn tortilla. And are a little more fancy and creative and really delicious. I usually get the, the shrimp and the Baja fish, but all of them there are great. There's a steak, a duck, a pork, a ahi tuna. Yeah, you really can't go wrong at Red Mesa yeah. Cantina. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite? Oh, well, you know what my favorite is. is the filet al chipotle. It is so delicious. So it's a burrito, I believe, right? Yeah, it's a burrito. Burrito. They cut it in half. It's served cut in half. Yeah, it's really large. They normally serve it with uh, rice and beans, but I prefer not to have rice and beans, so I usually have them substitute vegetables with it. But it's uh, filet mignon tips, chipotle chili butter, tomato, jalapeno, uh, rajas, and jack cheese, and it's quite spicy, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I like that, that they, there's so many places that say spicy, and then it's not. This one is. Yeah, but it's succulent, delicious. I, I love it. Yeah. It's nice pieces of juicy steak in there. And I never finish it all. Right. And then when you're not looking, I try to finish it. You usually do. Our lunchbox segment is where we read opinions and answer questions from our listeners. Please email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com with your opinions, feedback, and questions to be featured in this segment. Our podcast from last week turned out to be quite popular. We had a conversation about pumpkin pies where we discovered that most of them actually contain squash rather than pumpkin. We had a great interview with Corey Ryan from Centerpoint Meats. So if you missed that one, it's worth going back to check it out. New on stpetersburgfoodies.com this past week, we have a new article on the St. Pete Brewing Company. Most of you might not know that St. Petersburg Foodies is the only local publisher doing complete local craft beer reviews, which include food pairings and provide info like ABV percentage, hops and malts used, nose, mouthfeel, and more more like a high-end wine review. And we also give you the whole backstory on the brewery. So there, we have, there are four new beer reviews from the St. Pete Brewing Company in that article. Also noteworthy this past week is that our Instagram account hit a milestone of 10,000 followers. So if you're a follower, thank you. If you're not sure, the account is St. Pete Foodies, all one word, and look for the green stylized F for the uh, logo. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. That's the little purple icon on your iPhone. We are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
This is Nate Bond. And I'm Sam Boyle. From, from the, the Cider, Cider Press. Press Cafe. And you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. The next few tips of the week are going to be based around making reservations at restaurants or restaurants when you're going on vacation. And it's really based on how I usually handle it when Kevin and I travel and, and what's worked well for us in finding good restaurants. So for this week, we're going to talk about how I find restaurants. I usually book reservations in advance for most nights when we're traveling to a new city. There's, there's several ways to ensure that you get good recommendations. Unfortunately, Yelp and TripAdvisor can get watered down with people who review like chain restaurants that need no review, like for instance, Perkins or something like that, that ends up at the top of a top 10 list in there. I personally prefer to find local recommendations. I first start with social media, such as Facebook, and look to see if there are any Facebook groups to join for the city we're traveling to, like our St. Petersburg Foodies Restaurant Review Group. And I'll ask the locals for recommendations. What better way, right? Another good thing to do is to ask on your timeline for recommendations from your friends or in any local foodie groups you may be a member of. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Joshua, Renee, and Allison for being our guest. And thanks to our sponsors, Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar, Altomare Fish Bar, and Engine Number no. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until, Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Give me, give me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. Right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're gonna pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay?